This is I found it. I fucking found it. Last week, I was pissing and moaning about a clip of Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley that I've been wanting, that made me laugh hysterically, and I couldn't find it. I couldn't remember what it was, and I found it. I fucking found it. You, I can't tell you. Do you ever, you ever have a thing in your head like a what's the name of that movie, and you just go over and over and over again? I just heard that rate that that I heard both refrigerators go on right there. That's probably pretty obnoxious right now. <laughs> it's not that bad. Fuck it. Hey guys, it's free content. I apologize that I have refrigerators in my man cave. Uh, we're we're going to get to that. We'll get to this. What we're talking about, we'll get to. When I get to Casey Neistat, that's when the refrigerators will make sense. But I found it. I have to stop right where we're at right now and say, rest in peace, Mitzi Shore. Mitzi Shore passed away today. Uh... Mitzi Shore, for those of you who don't know, oh, I forgot to fucking, that's okay, we'll screen grab it now. We'll start the recording of it now. I didn't record it until right. That's fine, right? Yeah. Let's see. I got to go to QuickTime. This is how you record all these things, guys. In case you're like, Bert, man, what's the secret of doing a solo podcast? Oh, bruh. Super easy. QuickTime. Then you go up to new screen recording. And you screen record it, and you hit the button, then you touch the screen, and it's screen recording, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I'll see a number up in the... I'll see something up in the corner, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Come over here and put, look over my shoulder first. Okay. Um, take a look. Yep. yep. Yeah, Mitzi Shore, born in 1930. July 25th, 1930. In Wisconsin. What's so funny is I, I met Mitzi once. I only met her once. Um, Louis Anderson and I had done a, a stand-up show in the main room. I was doing main room shows with Louis. Louis was running a, uh, a Sunday night show. <clears throat> and I was having really good sets. They were really amazing. I mean, the people that came out to Louis Anderson's show were Dice, Chris Rock, Roseanne Barr. I mean, the biggest names that I grew up with in comedy would come out and I was having really good sets. I was also getting pretty choice sets because of how old I was. I was going up like third because I was young and they were like, yeah, he's young. Get him up early. Yeah, I'm not going after Louie. I'm not going after Dice. And so <clears throat> I was having really great sets and Louis said, you need to work here. And he brought me back to the OR. I didn't even know there was a second room in this club. That's how I didn't even know there was a belly room in this club. This was, Georgia was born. I don't know if Isla was born yet. So this is probably 12 years ago, 11 years ago. And he takes me back and he goes down and sits next to Mitzi. Mitzi rearranges the lineup in the OR. This is on a Sunday night. I I think this is potluck. I'm not really certain. Uh, I think it was potluck. And I go up and I do two minutes, two and a half minutes maybe. And I do not do great. And I get off stage and Louis says, Mitzi wants to talk to you. And I sit down next to her and she just says, uh, you're not ready. I think you're funny, but you're not ready. I, I can see it, but you're not ready. I was like, okay. And then I was like, what do I do? And she was like, just keep hanging around. And I, and I was like, all right. And I got up and I went and Louis was like, what did she say? Did you get passed? And I went, no. He was like, God damn it. I'm going to go talk to her. And I was like, no, don't. Like, I was like, 
it's Mitzi Shore. Like, if she says I'm not, like, I don't want to fucking, like, I don't want to be the guy that gets in through the backhand. And then, and then obviously, I've, I've told everyone my stories with the store and, and Tommy, who I feel bad for him. I feel bad for Tommy. I know that there's probably, uh, Tommy was the booker for the club for a long time, but he was the right hand man. I feel bad for a lot of my friends. Duncan, Ari. I know Ari was a little worked up this morning. We did a text. But uh, Rick Ingram, I think it was Rick Ingram. Uh, no, it wasn't Rick. A lot of guys posted really nice things about Mitzi. And the number one thing that it came across is everyone was like, hey, thank you for your honesty. Like, it was really cool how honest she was. By the way, she was... If I had gotten past when I... 11 years ago, 12 years ago, I was headlining nationally, but I would have been at the store all the time. I probably would have fucked my life up. I really would have fucked my life up. I remember saying that to someone one time and I was like, I don't know if I would be where I am today if I had gotten past at the store 11, 13 years ago because I would have hung out there every night. I was definitely a younger man. I was partying hardy at the time. I was okay with cocaine. I didn't have a big problem with it. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't doing it, but if it was around and people were doing it that were doing it, I was always like, oh, no, that makes sense. I would have been fucked up. I'm really grateful that Miss, Mitzi didn't pass me that night. I'm really grateful that when I did get passed, I was a grown-up, and I had a career, and I could leverage the store in a way with my emotions that makes sense, where I go, I use it when I need to work, and if I'm just home for three days, I'm not gonna kill myself and be at the store every single night. It's not something, it's not something I need, it it, it enhances my life. Um, so, as silly as this sounds, I'm very grateful that she didn't pass me that night. By the way, I would have been passed before Ari Shafir. I would have been, I, I don't think Ari got passed 13 years ago. I don't know when Ari got passed. I would have been passed before Ari. I would have been passed for a lot of guys that probably would have resented me and not been my friends because I just came from out of nowhere and Louis Anderson liked me and they would have been like, oh, he's Louis's boy or whatever. So things work out for a reason. I, I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. But what I cannot dis, what I, what I also cannot disagree with is that Mitzi was a, uh, Mitzi started a place that is the greatest club that I've ever worked at in my career. Um, it is a place where everyone's welcome uh, and I love doing, I love working there and I love being there and I love the energy there and I love all the guys that work there are my friends and that place would not be what it is today without the vision of Mitzi Shore and a lot of the people would not be who they are today without the vision of Mitzi Shore. Of course, I would have loved to have met her in a parallel universe and I moved out to LA instead of New York. And I started working the door at the store instead of New York. And I came up through the store instead of going through the store, going through the door, the, the, the path I did in New York. But that was not, that was not my, my path. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for my path. I'm curious. I always think about that. Cause you know, I believe in time travel. I'm always curious. Like what if I had moved to LA, it would have been a much better fit for me than New York. I'm so shallow. I would have fit in. I would have fit so into the mechanism. If I had moved to LA, I would have got. I would have gotten a job working the door at the store. That would have been no question because I got a job working the door at the Boston Comedy Club, and the Boston Comedy Club probably had the same. It's the same energy that was happening at the store. I would have gotten a job working the door at the store. I would have. I would have probably gotten to film more seriously. Although I probably wouldn't have. I would have gotten into partying and drugs. You never know. 
I wish you could do that. I wish that was a, that was like a, I wish that was an app they did on your phone where you could go sliding doors, plug in Burt Kreischer, 1997, uh, Los Angeles, California, Sunset Strip. I, I might be in better shape. I'd probably be a drug addict. I'm not joking. Not, but but I'm not not that I ever had a like an affinity for drugs. Like I've always been a booze guy, but my nights would have been spent. It was better the path I took. Trust me when I say this back door into the business. This starting in 1997 in Boston and New York, or 1998 I think in New York, getting deals, getting TV shows, making. Uh, like whatever small money I made in the bullshit TV shows while doing the road, working stand up on the road. Don't ever fucking begrudge your fucking existence. Just go there. And when you run into someone like Mitzi Shore, who says you're not ready, trust they know what they're saying. And by the way, if you're someone that just be more honest with people, that's the thing I that that I think stinks about this business is when people like Mitzi leave, the honesty is fucking gone. I'm bumping this mic like crazy. But rest in peace, Mitzi Shore. My condolences to Polly. I would love to have Polly on my podcast. I find I've, I have found Polly since I was a kid. I found him absolutely fascinating. His last appearance on Rogan is one of the best appearances I've ever seen. And it was only like an hour and 15 minutes. But he was so raw and unfiltered. I can't imagine having Mitzi as a mom. His, you listen to like the stories Polly tells, and she was just tough love. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad was tough love, but he was not run a comedy club tough love. I love seeing those pictures of him just in the booths at the comedy store as like a, a just a child, just watching comedy. But more than anything, my condolences to Polly Shore. He lost his mom today. Mm-hmm. That really stinks. I hope that. Uh, just take a second. Rest in peace, Mitzi Shore. All right, let's talk about porn stars. I ran into this uh, video. The name of the guy is Owen Gray, based off of uh, Fifty Shades of Gray, except he spells it G R A Y. Now, what happened was I was I, okay. I saw his porn. I can't show you the porn really. I'll tell you, he's got a solid piece on him. He's skinny as shit, and he fucks like he really knows how to fuck. This guy knows how to fuck. Like, it, it was fascinating to me that he was doing things that I thought, I might try that. By the way, don't ever try anything you see in a porn. I do this on my next special. I won't do these bits. But whatever you see in a porn, you usually see that sober, and then you get the balls to try it drunk, and it never turns out the way you think it's going to turn out. He was doing this move. I thought this was kind of sexy. I might try this. Um... He was doing this move where he was fucking her. Uh, this maybe this is too aggressive. Let's let's leave this out. Anyway, oh, Owen, come on. He was he was fucking her, but he was. Or let's just do this so that we can make it kid friendly, so we don't get flagged super bad. He was um, making whoopee, but he was using his fingers to enhance the size of his junk inside her, mm. in like a sexy like rub out in rub out in kind of way and i was like whoa i've never done that and then obviously i think if a porn star does it that's the holy grail here's what's happened here was what's problematic with this porn is he gets in and he's got a sleeve he's got a black sleeve like a sleeve like i thought it was the drummer for rage against the machine at first that's why i started watching it 
And so I was like, oh, that guy's doing porn. That makes sense. He climbed up on top of the thing at MTV. That's okay. This all makes sense. And then, by the way, what sucks about MTV that they 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 shunned rock stardom. The idea of what rock stars do, like the fucking we got to talk about TJ Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it, rem, do not write a note down. Don't yeah. let me forget to talk about TJ Miller. Um, and not in a bad way. I like TJ, but just in a like, I'm, I have ideas. So I thought it was a drummer against Rage Against the Machine, and then I. And that's what I thought the whole time. And then I looked at his leg tattoo. Now, I'm going to pull up a picture of his leg tattoo. Here's... Let me see if I can... Fucking... Let's see if this... Oh, it's on fucking Pinterest. All right. Let's just enlarge, okay? Let's... First of all, let's get this to be a big page and enlarge, okay? Why the fuck is this up? What the fuck is this thing? How do I close this little sidebar? All right. So do you see those letters right there? Does everyone see those letters? Okay. Pay attention to those letters because as you will see in this picture, Owen Gray has a black calf and on the foot spill into numbers and on the leg spill into letters. Are you Googling this for yourself so you can see this too? Google fucking Owen. You probably can't do that. You don't want to fuck with your computer. He looks weird as shit. He fascinated me. I'm masturbating to this porn, watching him rail this girl with tattoos, and I realize halfway through, I'm not looking at the girl. <laughs> I'm looking at Owen Gray's leg. I'm looking at Owen Gray's arm, and this back tattoo, is, which is either of a lily or a fairy. I can't tell, but I'm reading this guy. I'm looking at his tattoos, masturbating, going, this guy is fucking badass. And I'm like, I need to know. And so that night, I go on stage, and I say two things. I saw this, by the way, the another porn I saw. I wish I could show you all these. This porn was guy-girl. They're all guy-girl. Okay, sometimes girl-girl, but guy-girl. What the? Why do we need to clarify? Guy-girl. Guy is, all right, guy is on his bed, on his back, legs by his ears. Okay. Okay? (laughs) Junk, uh, 90 degree angle to his legs. The girl is on his junk and she is fucking him like she has the dick. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the guy, okay, so She's on this like is the guy, chair. right? He's on his back. All right, okay, uh, this isn't going to work. This is the guy. He's on his back, legs back, dick up. She's standing on top of his dick and fucking his dick. And it is, I was like, I don't know, this, uh, this seems homoerotic so I'm looking at his asshole but I'm seeing his balls, but she's on top of it. And I'm like, how low is that bed? How tall is this girl? And so I talk about that on stage a little bit. Wow, Bert, you're working on new material, huh? But yeah, I, let's just say it came up organically. And then the next video I saw, I was like, this is kind of creeping me out. Like, I don't know if I can watch a girl fuck a dude. Like, I need I need the guy. I mean, like, anyway, I tap out. I tap into Owen Gray, and I bring it up on stage. All I say is, I think the lead singer of Rage Against the Machine was in a porn and I describe the tattoo and like 10 dudes come up to me after and they're like, it's Owen Gray. Yeah, he's fucking amazing. So I go home and I'm like, okay, Owen Gray. I Google him. I Obviously, I look at his leg tattoos. I wish they could get bigger. I apologize. Google Owen Gray for yourself. And then I go, I got to know more about this guy because this guy's got like a real, he's skinny as shit. I want to know how tall he is. I'm guessing 5'9 because his dick was so big. 
And I go. Oh, whoa. Now you just saw his leg, didn't you? So weird looking. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking amazing, right? It's a, by the way, any guy who's got a tattoo that badass, and I apologize for the YouTube users who had a moment of silence. We'll cut it out. If not, we just skipped a beat there. Any guy who's got a tattoo that cool is pretty artistic. Any guy that that's artistic and can fuck like that, I kind of want to know more about. Like, a lot, I've met a lot of the porn stars, and they're just... I don't, I don't, by the way, no disrespect to porn stars, open invite to any porn star. That's a fan of mine that would like to be on my podcast, but be comfortable with the questions I'm going to ask. Cause they're going to be a little, they're not going to be aggressive. Like show me, your but it's going to be like, it's going to be like, you know, I, I have real questions. They're not, they're, they're going to dig a little deeper. Maybe not. I mean, I'm sure other people have done these to you. I'm sure I'm not the fucking genius about interviewing porn stars, but I'll tell you who's not the genius on interviewing porn stars. Oh, that's Owen Gray's page. Joy Taylor. Joy Taylor is a porn star and her interview with Owen Gray was so, it bothered me so much because I was like, Joy, you're in the business. When I interview a comic, we talk about in the business shit. Like we talk about inside, like when you go to Omaha, like it's really involved, but Joy Taylor, who's beautiful, by the way, all she has to be is a porn star. But she's got this YouTube page called Joy, where Joy Taylor interviews porn stars. Are you recording over there right now to make sure you got it? You didn't start that at the fucking beginning? Didn't we have a fucking talk about this? I was just in a car accident. I'm frazzled. Oh, it's a rental car. It wasn't that bad. Anyway, this is how Joy Taylor interviews. can't because because joy's fucking podcast the audio is a external mic it's just a it's not even a shotgun mic it's just a camera pointed at two fucking people okay so i apologize for the audio what she's saying is that he's super quiet like she's so uncomfortable what's amazing to me by the way i apologize joy i'm not shitting on you by the way i haven't (laughs) googled your porns i will this weekend i'll have a full review of your porns on the next podcast we do which we haven't named. We haven't figured out a name. I think it was called Open Bar Tabs. Is that what we called it? Open Tabs? Open Tabs. Open Tabs. Leave my tab open. Open Tabs. Let's call it Open Tabs. Okay. Joy, I will have a full review of your porn this weekend. I will watch it while I'm in Lexington, Kentucky. I think all shows are sold out. Maybe there's tickets for Thursday, but not many. Um, Joy... I don't mean to shit on you. I, oh, and by the way, more than what open invite to Joy Taylor, if you want to come on my podcast, I'm assuming you're based out of San Francisco because I watched the whole interview, Joy. Uh, I, I, I can't shit on it entirely because I learned a lot. I drew a lot of information. You get good guests. You ask good questions. Oh, and great for those of you who are asking, sounds gay. He doesn't, and I know that that's a hate crime now, but when I watched it, he has an effeminate sound. He's very sensitive. He's very sensual. He's very, which by the way, Joy says makes him a great lover because he's always in command. He knows what he's doing. And he got in through, uh, God damn it. Wicked Dungeon, uh, Triple Dungeon, something Dungeon, Dungeon Dungeon in San Francisco. It's the same one that Margaret Cho got into. Um, And so his girlfriend told him that he should be a porn star. She was like, I bet you'd be good at this. He went to an open uh, shaming where they basically bring a woman out and uh, everyone pisses on her, I think. 
I, by the way, I didn't do any research and I barely listened. I was pretty drunk when I watched this. But they do this like, like a girl comes up and everyone jacks off on her face. I think that's what it was. By the way, open invite to Owen and Joy to be on my podcast. Um, but this is Joy's... Super oh, here you go. Passionate and like intense without being rough and aggressive in like a bad way. Like with the whole manhandling thing. Nice. So cool. It was cool. Cool. And then um, your dick's really huge. Not the best interviewer. Like definitely enjoys no Charlie Rose. You're really cool and your dick's really huge. He's got a big dick. Which by the way, that's all anyone needs to say to me. Like if I'm a comic and they go, you're funny as shit. Fine, but apparently I was soaking wet. It was fine. <laughs> See, yeah, it was fine. I got the like, Oh my god! Oh, okay, it works out. <laughs> no, yeah. but no, that's, that's, that's big dick. So props on your massive wiener. Um, and you like, did you taste what I ate lunch? Because your your tongue was entirely in my ass. There we go, Joy. <clears throat> Joy, that's what I want more of, Joy. I want you to get in. I'm being dead serious, Joy. I'd like you to come on my podcast. And I want to talk to you. I'm not the best interviewer in the world. A little bit better than you. I'm not the best. But I can tell you what I want to know from porn stars and what kind of insights I want to hear you talk about. Let's get out of this page. Joy is fantastic. Owen Gray. I've been obsessed with him. Um, and obviously I did uh, a podcast with, or a, I'm going to do a podcast with Michael Rappaport coming up. But I did a... <coughs> I did uh, Something's Burning. Oh, it was out right now with Leanne, and I should show a little clip of that. That's funny. Uh, Leanne and Wheeler Walker, right? Yeah, Leanne and Wheeler yeah. Walker Jr., Something's bur Browning. Browning? Uh, all things. I did a Something's Burning with them. Uh, we'll show. This, by the way, this. thank you for everyone who's been supporting uh, all things comedies videos and and the something's burning there's a poker one right there as you can see uh burt kreischer chiapino with with uh they're moving a little fast i'm not the quickest reader wheeler walker jr and leanne kreischer nashville hot chicken just the, i love the way they're editing That's these why we don't have anal sex. <laughs> i love the way they're editing these they're so much fun uh this is my favorite part of the whole thing is uh well wheeler's hilarious but at the very end i fucked with leanne and i made texas uh, nashville hot chicken it was really good but at the very end i was fucking with leanne i have oh by the way I've, here we go what were you doing here oh i fucked a ghost by the way the nashville hot chicken was really fucking good and if you want that recipe it works it's not what you think it's gonna be but it's really good in closing this episode, <clears throat> my wife has recently started a pipe. Uh, <clears throat> here we go. No, I like yours. I'm nope, here yours. we go. Okay, um, what did you say? <laughs> hey, did you just fart? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for watching this episode of Something Burning. Something Burning. <laughs> Is that okay? Thanks for watching. Great job, baby doll. I love that woman. All right, now I'll do the real one. Okay, good. Hey, guys. <laughs> I love that fucking woman. It's a great episode. Been, oh, there's Owen uh, Gray. It's been getting a lot of positive response, so thank you, everyone. Uh, check it out. It's on the All Things Comedy YouTube page. Uh, if we remember, we'll put a link in the 
anyway, so Michael Rapaport was on an episode of Something's Burning with Whitney Cummings. That's coming out soon. Uh, as is Chris D'Elia, Bobby Lee, as is Todd Glass and me and Rachel, kind of. Uh, we've got a bunch coming out. We're shooting some more. We're going to shoot, hopefully we shoot one with Josh Wolf and Freddie Prince uh, Jr. And anyway, I, I just follow Michael Rapaport. He was on an interview and they were asking him about the documentary he did about a tribe called Quest. I guess uh, Quest, one of the guys in Tribe Called Quest died. Q-tip? Hmm. I don't know. I'm not. By the way, I wasn't. A, I was never a big Tribe Called Quest fan. Only because I always felt like my thing with my thing with hip hop was. I, I felt like that was. Ma- I felt like Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul were made for black people. Like it was. Does that make sense? Like I remember Patrice O'Neill one time telling me, uh, "Mob Deep was for black people." Like that's why they didn't cross over because it was made for black people. And I, I remember hearing that and going, "That makes total sense." Like I like De La Soul. And I like Tribe Called Quest, but I, I never felt like it was made for me because it. When they make hip hop, this is by the way, Burt Kreischer's uh, uh, user's guide to hip hop. When they make hip hop, you make it for the town you live in. So, for instance, I grew up in Florida. Florida was a big base, drive around your car, cruise the strip kind of area. As is Atlanta, as is a little bit Texas, and so. The kind of hip hop we got was real bass involved. Like all the hip hop I listened to growing up was uh roll it up my thing thing, roll it up, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Bass was really involved in ours. In New York, they didn't have bass. So I mean they, they had but they didn't have cars. Everyone listened in headsets. So it was more like like rhyme rhyme tastic it was that's not a word but it was more based on the verbiage and the wording and and how great a, ra- a rapper you were in la it was all about cruising slow so they had the ding dong ding ding dong it was about get you know so that's how you took in your rap music and i always felt like tribe called quest this is my opinion which is going to be sound racist i always felt like it was made for the cast of a different world like for do you know what the different world is Anyway, that was an all-black college uh, that Bill Cosby produced. Uh, it was a TV show where Lisa Bonet was in it. And I always felt like they were all real socially conscious. They were all real proactive socially with their culture. And when I listened, first heard Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul, I went, oh, that should, that, that's not for me. Like, I didn't, I never felt like it was for me. It was definitely for Michael Rapaport because he's doing a documentary on Tribe Called Quest. And then I was like, I haven't really listened to Tribe Called Quest. And so I went on this Tribe Called Quest De La Soul fucking meltdown, by the way. You want to know how white I was? I just listened to Third Base. By the way, Third Base holds up to this day. The gas face holds up. But this is... Like, so, and I, let's break it down if we can. All these guys, when I looked at them as a kid, I just figured they went to college. They weren't cartoonish as the way I saw NWA. I felt like NWA was marketed to me. When I saw these guys, I was like, oh, they're, I always just felt like they were meant for black people. 
Does that sound crazy? Anyway. Fife Dog. Like his shirt's tucked in. Like Fife Dog's the one that passed away. And I, and oh, here's why I got into that. I was watching credits, trying to figure out how to do the credits for my Netflix special that's coming out soon. Netflix special coming out soon. And I watched Dave Chappelle's. And Dave Chappelle closed his special by saying rest in peace fife dog and i went oh i've never really listened to tribe called quest and so i went on a big tribe called quest thing which took me to a de la soul fucking spiral and i remember sean hooker loved them and then i got into uh i got into netflix and i started from dave Chappelle. i saw this thing called thor have you seen this it's a rock band named Thor. It was this one guy who was like ripped out muscles. He had a hammer. He had like a, and, and it was a, it's a really interesting documentary. Listen to the documentary, watch the documentary. That's not what I'm here to talk about. By the way, I just wanted to put, I wanted to put a pin in something and talk about something. What are we going to talk about? Fuck me. My brain is fucking falling apart. And I got to the Seth material. Do you know what the Seth material was? No. What a rack of horseshit this is. So Bruce Springsteen's manager managed this guy, Thor. Thor, like I said, bodybuilder, um, kind of like a, like a Merv Griffin, like weird talent kind of guy. He could blow up a, a hot air, a, a hot, hot water bottle and make a pop, which is a pretty big feat. And he said that he lost his deal with Bruce Springsteen's manager because he was really into the Seth material. And I'm like, what? And they don't even talk about it. The Seth material, I'm going to read. I'm going to tell him to do the best to fucking screw this up for you so that you have to Google it yourself. This lady, Jane Roberts, was married to her husband, Robert Butts. And one night, they were fucking around on a Ouija board. And they were like, I wonder if we can talk to anybody. They promised not to push it. That's what everyone says. And they found a spirit named Seth. Seth was this ethereal energy that communicated with them and so all of a sudden they find seth and then shortly thereafter robert says jane's talking to seth on her own okay so jane's having conversations with seth and robert's like robert by the way it was a full-blown cuck a full-blown fucking cuck a full-blown by the way i don't mean that i'm a cuck i've been cuckolded before so when i say that i mean it you don't even know what a cuck is i do okay. i, I want to know your story about being cuckolded yeah it's my girlfriend cheated on me that's what a cuck is oh, gotcha. yeah it's ultimately a cuckold a girlfriend a girl that cheats on a guy and then everyone in town knows and he's the cuckold that happened to me uh, it happens to a lot of guys so let's stop throwing that around super bad but this guy's a cuck he sits in bed next to her as she dictates what Seth Seth is telling her. Because they don't even need the Ouija board anymore. Dictates what Seth is telling her, and he writes down Seth's messages. Okay, here, let's do a summary. The core teachings of the Seth material are based on the principle that consciousness, 
Consciousness creates matter, that each individual creates his own own reality through thoughts, beliefs, and expectations, and that the point of power to which the individual can effort change is in the present moment. The Seth material discussed a wide range of metaphysical concepts, including the nature of God, the nature of physical reality, the origins of the universe, the nature of self and higher self, and the story of Christ, the evolution of soul and all aspects of death and rebirth, including reincarnation, karma, past lives, after-death experience, guardian spirits, and ascension to planes of higher consciousness, and the purpose of life and the nature of good and evil, the purpose of suffering, multi-dimensional realities, parallel lives, Ooh, I like now I'm getting into this. That makes starts making sense. And transpersonal realms. This woman laid in bed. Her husband sat with a pen and paper, and she just kind of transmitted Seth. And this guy wrote it all down and then published these books. And they fucking changed the world. So many people got into the Seth t- material that it was like a national bestseller. It is ultimately a collection of writings dictated by Jane Roberts to her husband in the late 1963s until her death in 1984. Robert claims the words were spoken by a disseminating entity named Seth. The material is regarded as the corners, one of the cornerstones of New Age philosophy and the most influential channeled text post-World War II. By the way, that's what I'll be looking up this weekend is the ones that were channeled before World War II. I guess that's Scientology. Yeah, maybe. Influential channel. Let's get a list of influential channeled texts. Copy. Cut to, ooh, Bam Margera. Unless we just skip to Bam Margera. Fuck Seth. I'm fascinated by Bam. List of modern channeled texts. Okay. Real quick. These are some lists. The Book of Commandments. Oh, that's the 1800s. Asafarha. The Cosmic Tradition. The Book of Law. Towards the Light, Ashtar, God, Seth. (laughs) Ashtar, God, Seth. Derek, Jason. (laughs) Oh, this is fucking interesting. Let's see what a new one is. The Tobias by Jeffrey Hoppe. Hoppe. Hoppe? Hoppe. Anyway, fuck Seth. Um, Bam Margera is sober and doing well. I think he went to rehab on the behest of his family. I've been following his story. I'm a big fan of Bam Margera's. I met him uh, through Ryan Dunn uh, probably seven, eight years ago. Ryan Dunn and I were testing for Birth to Conqueror. Ryan Dunn and two other guys. I don't remember them. One guy was on like Survivor and one guy was on something. He was a power lifter. And me and Ryan Dunn and we hit it off because we were both hungover and... Uh, and we were just bullshitting, and Ryan was um, cool as shit. Great guy. I, I'll, you'll never hear a bad word come out of my mouth about Ryan Dunn. Not only that, but I loved him on Jackass. I loved him on Bam, Viva La Bam. I loved him on... Viva La Bam was one of my favorite shows. There's a scene in Viva La Bam where they get stuck in a forklift. They take a forklift up to the top, a cherry picker, and 
they take it up to the top and someone goes down and pulls out the keys and runs away and they don't realize that the keys are actually up with them and they sit up there for hours. There's a lot of great moments in Viva La Bam that are fucking noteworthy. Let me pull up one real quick. Let's see. You ready? This one is a great Viva La Bam moment. Viva La Bam hot air balloon. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? And it, well, yeah, I do. This was... This was the realest moment in reality television that I've ever seen in my entire life. This is the realest moment I've ever seen. In, listen to what I'm saying. This is the realest moment I've ever seen in reality television in my entire fucking life. Him and... My hands are sweating. My hands are soaking fucking wet. My, I'm going to watch it again. What happens is uh, Rab himself, I think that's who it is, mm-hmm. let's go. They're going up fine. They're holding on. I don't know why they'd ever choose to do this. Well, they're in a competition. So he is trying to make his mom complain. And if she complains and they, like she loses or whatever it is, I can't remember what the other incentive was, but he's trying to make his mom complain. So this is what he does. This is one of the things. Him and Rab himself are holding on to the hot air balloon. The second Rab lets go, he takes off. He's easily... Well, let's just watch it. How high do you think he is in the sky? Let's see if we can... Look. Now, uh, 10 feet. 20 feet. 30 feet. 40 feet. 50 feet. 60 feet. He's 60 feet in the sky. No no doubt. 60 feet in the sky. No question. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, my God. The things he does to himself are worse than what he does to me. Get the hell down here. Oh, my God. How old are you? You're going to give me a heart attack. Watch your legs, man. Now we're going to That's why I love Bam Margera. For that moment, I'll forever love Bam Margera. That was something. Let me see if I can find Viva La Bam. Cherry picker? Yeah, that came up right away. This made me laugh so fucking hard. Um, oh, the best of Viva La Bam. I know what I'll be watching. It's five minutes. Let's just see. Okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, it wasn't the healthiest way to raise a kid, obviously. By the way, I also liked... Um, I also liked Don Vito. The way they did... Don, this was a really original show. It was a really great show. And I think the way that, by the way, Johnny Knoxville cutting off the fucking top of his Hummer <laughs> was like one. I mean, it was a great show. To say that it it did it deserved Emmys for the horseshit reality that's out there. It deserved Emmys. I know everyone's like, Bert, are you being fucking serious? Let's see if we can just find Cherry Picker. Yeah, Don Vito died like a couple years ago. Well, no, Don Vito was a big. He was a creep. Um, they, they don't have the Cherry Picker on here. I mean, there's a video of. Have you ever seen the Iceland Waterfall with Ryan Dunn? 
Ryan Dunn is 20 minutes. It's really fucking hard to show. It's really long. But Ryan Dunn goes over a waterfall in Iceland in a fucking barrel. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Dude, it was such a great fucking show. So anyway, anything Bam does, I'm automatically on top of. Definitely, everyone hit up Bam Margera and tell him I'd love to have him on my podcast. Um, no booze, sober. He's sober now. And he's on this thing called The Nines, The Nine Club. And he's just doing, it's a great interview. And he's, and you forget, he's a pro skateboarder. He's talking pro skateboarding with these guys and they're just talking shop. It's a great two hour interview with Bam Margera. I watched the whole thing. You should check it out. And then of course, I can get into like threads of like skateboard. I love skateboarding videos. I can get into skateboarding videos all fucking day long, but Bam is easily one of my favorite. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. We got to wrap this up. How long have we gone? Uh, 40. Yeah, we gotta we gotta cut this down. The Seth material can suck my dick. Jim Norton and Ron White. Ron White was that's a great Jim Norton, Sam uh, Roberts. The Jim and Sam show with Ron White is a great fucking interview. Let's see if we can turn this up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think towards the end where he's talking about his plane. Have the plane, the bus pull up to the airport, and I'd land the plane, get on, you know, big showy stuff, and then. Uh, but I like, you know, I liked it. I, you know, I never, I, I never sat around envisioning any of this kind of shit happening to sure. me. Sure. So uh, even when it happened to Foxworthy, I, I didn't even spend one second going, well, I'm probably going to be uh, uh, huge. This is what I love about Ron White, is I don't think he ever really did envision this success. He has a plane, he has a tour bus, his plane's got a pirate ship on the tail. I, I ended up Googling his plane because I thought that was pretty fucking interesting. Here's what a picture of his plane looks like. This is him inside his plane uh, in there. Uh, but here's his plane. It's a pretty badass fucking plane. And underneath are skull and crossbones. This is like a pirate ship. He got in trouble for smoking weed on his plane one time. We'll wrap this up. But check out that Jim and Tom Sam, that Sam and Jim interview with Ron White. It's a really great interview. It's like 43 minutes long. And then I got onto a spiral of watching all their interviews. Stan Hope and Dillick McDermott's amazing. Uh, Jim Brewer's an amazing one. Jim Brewer's doing a residency out the, I think at the Paramount in uh, Long Island. That's one I got stuck on. Um, Molly Ringwald wrote an article for uh, for whatever saying that all the movies were not totally healthy. Uh, no shit, Molly. We've been there for like three years, okay? All of us understood that Pretty in Pink is just... Or not Pretty in Pink. 16 Candles just about date rape. It's just about date rape. We were all woke three years ago. I'm glad you're coming to terms with it now. I'm glad you made your millions off of it now. I, look, by the way, I'm not shitting on Molly Ringwald. She was just an actress. John Hughes was the fucking animal. He was the guy that's like... Can you imagine being in those writer's room? And he's like, nah, the girl passes out, they cut her hair, and he gives her to a couple other guys to fuck around with for the night. I bet they had to pull that back. John Hughes probably been like, yeah, they finger fuck her, they fuck her mouth, she wakes up. It's like Revenge of the Nerds. You watch Revenge of the Nerds, you're like, oh, Lewis raped that girl. He raped her. He posed as someone else, wore the Darth Vader mask, fucked her, then pulled it off, and she went, you? By the way, that's how all, that's how men were groomed. Men were groomed to believe, as I was a child, that if you could just sneak fuck a girl, she'll fall in love with you. All you do is got to get your dick inside her, perform well, then you could get the fucking cheerleader. 
That is horrific. That is 16 candles. Girl passes out. Uh, everyone's making fun of her. They cut her hair. By the way, that's a fucking assault right there. That's assault. They cut her hair. It's stuck in the door. They cut her hair. Then he says to the nerds, take my parents' car. Have fun with her. Just have fun with her. That's it. That's it. By the way, she's 16. Jake Ryan is 18. He's a senior. 16. We're talking about rape. She is 15 years old. She was 15 years old yesterday. And now Jake Ryan, the senior, 18-year-old, captain of the football team, is dating a 16-year-old. That's rape. That's 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 rape. I mean, look, I, I understand, oh, it's a different time. Nope, not where we're at right now. This is what it's called. All those fucking movies. That's why I always identify with Ducky, the guy that not gotten no pussy and just sat off to the side with loafers and khakis that were rolled up and tightened on the side. Bro, you're really passionate about this. I just saw that Molly Ringwald came out with it, and I was like, and by the way, I don't like Molly Ringwald. Don't you have a good story that you talked about on Danish and O'Neill podcast? I don't. I don't. I do, but I don't. Right. I don't like Molly Ringwald. And Molly Ringwald, I'll tell you what, if you got a problem with this, Hit me up, and I'll tell you why I don't like you, and then you'll go, oh, you have a valid reason not to like me. I did fuck up, because I have a really good friend. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Raleigh Molly Ringwalds as a human being. I don't like the way she behaves as a human being in America today. I don't like that, okay? And so when I saw her come out, and that's where this is all starting from. She pops up. We all had crushes on her. She pops up, and I see her, and I'm like, ugh. Immediately, I'm like, ugh. I, I lost taste for her for fucking something. And then I read this article and she's like, you know, that was kind of weird. We showed, by the way, we showed Breakfast Club to our girls the other day and we had to explain to them, hey guys, just so you know, Bender's uh, sexually assaulting her right there when he eats her pussy uh, under the table. You're not allowed to, if a guy tries to eat your pussy under a table, um, you can't, you're not allowed to allow, you're not, you definitely shouldn't start dating him. You definitely shouldn't start dating him. Um, there should be an awareness as a woman that when a guy assaults you like that and then picks on you and makes fun of you, calls, says you have a fat girl's name and, and just kind of goes after you the whole time, that, that's, not, that's not what flirting is anymore. Flirting is a man being respectful. We had to have that conversation with our girls. So to see, by the way, we had that conversation like six months ago. So to see Molly Ringwald come up with an article, it's like, yeah, that was a little messed up. I'm, I, by the way, I didn't even read her article. That's how much I dislike Molly Ringwald. I didn't even read it. I just read all the comments like in, in the highlights. And so, yeah, fuck Molly Ringwald. No, let's leave it on that. Ooh, let's not leave it on that. TJ Miller. Oh, TJ Miller. By the way, TJ's going through some tough times, uh, obviously. And I will not pile on. I refuse to pile on. I'm not that guy, especially with comics. We all forget that Richard Pryor, uh, by the way, Definitely should not have followed my Molly Ringwald rant with a TJ Miller defense. That was a big misstep. I'm not talking about everything with TJ Miller. I'm just talking about the bomb threat. <laughs> but <laughs> never mind. You know what? Let's scrap it. I was a really fucking TJ. I still love you, man. You know that. I got your back, brother. That bomb threat. It'll turn into a bit one day. I'll watch it. I'll laugh. I mean, maybe you don't. You shouldn't call them bomb threats. By the way, I've done a lot of fucked up stuff. I've never once called in a bomb threat. Like I've never even thought about it. I've never. I've never. This is how far, little far. I've never pulled the fire alarm at uh at the fucking school. And there was kids that would pull the fire alarm, and I was like, the balls on those kids. Anyway, I'm not. Yeah, I. You know what? Let's not talk about T.J. Miller. Do your thing, brother. Get healthy. Take care of yourself. Uh, 
I love that I talk about Molly Ringwald. You're like, what about TJ Miller? You told me not to tell you. You told me not to have you forget. Ron White's playing. All right. We close on this. The fu- Two things. Two things, okay? These are the two best things I've ever seen on the internet. Now, I know I say that a lot, but... How do you spell Matas Yahoo? There we go. Matas Yahoo. I don't know how I got to this fucking video. <coughs> I don't know how I got to this video, okay? But I, I got here. Why is this fucking... Stop, 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 stop. Everything stop. How do I get this fucking sidebar off? What's this fucking sidebar doing up? Oh, here we go. There we go. That was easy. Could have done that at the very beginning. Uh, I don't know how I got to this video. I do know how I got to this video. Tribe Call Quest, De La Soul. And this comes up. Now, I'm a Matas Yahoo fan. My buddy Hutch introduced me to Matas Yahoo. Um, I haven't seen him in a long time, okay? And so I didn't know what I was watching. And it turns out this video, and I'll I'll just cut it to the middle because you don't need to know everything. Matis Yahoo is buying a cup of coffee in Hawaii. And this kid is playing a ukulele, and unbeknownst to him, Matis Yahoo is inside the coffee shop and decides to start singing along with the kid. This kid is playing a Matis Yahoo song, does not know this is Matis Yahoo, and st- I wish he had an easier name to say, like Dave, but and Matis Yahoo's singing along with him, and it's a really cool rendition. And then I'll let the end play out for you. But the kid clearly has heard the song, but does not know who Matas Yahoo is. Okay. He has no wow. idea who Matas Yahoo is, wow. but he knows the name. But in his head, he's thinking Jewish locks, but also Jewish people can just wear a hat, you know? So this is, I thought this was really cool. That's Matas Yahoo with the. Give me chill bumps, and I know this is cheesy. Here's why it gave me chill bumps, because this is the kind of shit I would do in life. Like, I may I get made fun of by Tom and Ari because I I I enjoy getting recognized. I don't enjoy it to the point where I go on Dancing with the Stars to get recognized. I don't care about fame, but like when a guy knows who you are and says, "Hey, man, I'm a big fan." It makes me feel good. I know you're not supposed to like that. I've heard, you know, like Rogan and Tom and Ari say that they don't like that. I mean, they like having fans, but they don't. They don't like the the celebrity part. Does not entice them. They they think. I heard Joe say the other day. It actually gets in the way. That gets in the way of him doing better comedy. Um, It does get in the way. It completely gets in the way. Uh, When you have fans and you do stand up, it makes it a, a tad bit easier to do stand-up because you say stuff like, uh, my daughter Isla, and they're like, oh, I know Isla. You know, it, it does get in the way. But stuff like this, I it, it makes my heart swell because this kid does not know. It was like as if, if I walked in and a guy was doing stand-up and he was telling the machine story, I'd be probably fucking pissed. <laughs> but, if, but 
I like this shit. I'll give you a perfect example. This We went to a cigar shop, me, Tom, and Ari. Uh, Tom was going to the bathroom, and Ari and I walked into the cigar shop first. Ari walked in first. I walked in second. I walked in two minutes behind Ari, and the guy was geeking out over Ari. And when I walked into the humidor in Atlanta, the Davidoff humidor, he saw me, and he double freaked out. He went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're here, too? And Ari started giggling. By the way, Ari enjoys this shit, too. He's a fucking liar. Okay. And by the way, Tom's a fucking liar. Joe's telling the truth. Tom and Ari are fucking liars. I'm sure Joe actually is telling the truth. But they, so anyway, Ari starts giggling at it because he goes, oh my God, the fucking machine. And you know me, I, I welcome it. I'm like, ah, he goes, I can't believe I'm sitting with my two favorite comics in my shop In the, I'm working and my two favorite comics walk in the door and I see Tom about to walk in the door and I go, hey man, you know, what's really great. Your third favorite comic is about to walk through the door and he's like, what? And Tom opens it up and he's like, Tommy Buns. Like this guy, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. I thought it was really fucking cool. I was like, I was like, that's a badass fucking moment for a guy who's a fan of us or our podcast to meet Ari and then be like, oh my God, I'm a big fan. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love that shit. It only would have been better is if I had said your third favorite comic's about to walk in and he was like, Joey Diaz, (laughs) that would have been the best. And then he was like, oh, it's you, Tom. That would have made it great. But this moment in this Matas Yahoo video made, gave me chill bumps. I'll just let it play out a little more. Let's skip forward. Look at Matas Yahoo having a coffee in Hawaii. But this kid's like, how does he know all the lyrics? This is what where it gets here. Watch this. Clint Alama. Someone hit up Clint Alama. Let's find Clint Alama. I love that. I want to. I want to. I'll go to. Fly, I'll fly out to Hawaii to interview Clint Alama and let him play some music on his ukulele. I want to learn the ukulele for my album coming out, guys. I'm putting out an album. It's uh, Yacht Rock songs by Burt Kreischer. Yeah. I don't know what we're gonna call it yet, but it's Yacht Rock songs. It's Jimmy Buffett songs. It's drinking songs. It's songs I want you to play on a Sunday afternoon when you're cleaning the house and you're cleaning the house just because you have friends coming over and you know you're gonna drink. We've actually talked about this. James Michael's gonna produce it. Uh, Halston's gonna help me write it. Yeah. Um, they're gonna be good songs. They're not gonna be shit songs, but they're gonna be good songs with a lighthearted appeal, like Cheeseburger in Paradise. Yeah. That's a goofy song. I see fans to the left. Fins 
been, I, I'm a Florida kid and I grew up on Jimmy Buffett. I won't be as good as all oh, my life I've been waiting for, I've been waiting for, uh, but it's going to be close. They're going to be really close to great Matas Yahoo songs. I love that video. I showed it to my friends and they're like, it kind of sucked. This does not suck. Last week, I asked everyone to find this clip. Shaq and Chuck doing something together. I don't know what it was. It's so fucking funny. And it it does not suck. I love Shaquille O'Neal. I'm not even joking. Shout out. I want Shaquille O'Neal on my podcast. I'll fly wherever the fuck he is. I will do it at his house. I will do it wherever it is. As long as you give me an hour plus, like a little bit over an hour, and, and get real and hang out. I don't want to, I don't want branding Shaquille. I don't want real sports Shaquille. I want like fuck around Shaquille. I want the Shaquille that would ride his jet skis off the, they would in Orlando, he used to ride his jet skis off the lake up and see if they could get him into the pool. That's Shaquille. I want that Shaquille O'Neal, which kind of by by the way is who he is across the board. But I, I would, I don't want him to think it's an interview. I want him to know it's a podcast and know what a podcast is. One morning I'm laying in bed. And someone sent me this. It was like, I, I, I don't know what it was. Someone's, it came up my feed. And I love Shaq. And I love Charles Barkley. I love those two guys. By the way, Inside the NBA might be one of the best shows on television because of how lighthearted and fun it is. They have taken what is Inside the NFL, or, or not even Inside the NFL, but the, the Fox NFL, and they've made it real. They've made it better, in my opinion. I wish I liked NBA more because I would love this show. But I watch it still. <laughs> I watch the clips because of Shaq and Chuck. There was a clip where Shaq did a read to, for like a, a fucking did a read and everyone applauded. And then Chuck goes, wait, are you applauding because he can read? And then they were like, yeah. And they're like, you can't. And he was like, I can't. And he tried to read the read and he fucked it up. Hold on. I, you got to see that. It's so fucking. This is such a great show. Their, their clips are better than the show, I will say, if you're not an NBA fan. Hang on, Shaq, I wrote Shag, Shaq, Barkley, Reed. Let's see if that comes up. Okay, watch this. This is so great. TNG's Aliens premieres this Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and is one of IMDb's most anticipated new shows of 2018. It's based on the best-selling murder mystery novel by Caleb Carr set in <laughs> Kenny's hometown, New York City, better. The third word. The third word he fucks up. The third word he can't even say the alienist. T the alien. The alien. TNT the alien. TNT. Premieres this Monday at night. This, this is not a word. <laughs> this isn't. 
No, this is a word. Not this. This ain't a word. D I Go ahead. D I S is not a word. Hey, man. Not up on it. Y'all quit screwing around. All right, go ahead. No, I'm just thinking I can't read. No, there you go. Hey. No, you going to have people you can't read. TNT, the alienist. Alienist. Okay, it's time for more Shaq than a fool. Just stop it, man. Stop. 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 Uh, it, that, so that killed me, right? I saw that recently. But this is the one. And by the way, I think I love when Shaq's the joke. Because I like Shaq so much. He's such a big guy that anytime the big guy's the joke, that's where it gets good. He's always a good support, too. Dude. I, this, made me, this made me so excited. It made me excited to have friends. It made me excited to... It made me excited to fuck around with my friends it made me want to be on a tv show again like this this is (coughs) my favorite thing i've seen on the internet for a while i asked you guys to find it for me no one found it for me i stumbled on it and when i stumbled on it my heart skipped a beat and i went i got it i got it and by the way i might have built it up too much I played around. The viewers don't know. I know. And I used this thing. I used this. It was what is it called? The, the chip. The world's hottest chip. The world's yeah, hottest chip. And I and I faked around and made like I I put a real. You put like a regular chip on top of it. And you got some of that powder, and the powder on it. Powder yeah, actually I got you. on the and, and I told my, you. it felt like I went to the dentist, and my whole mouth is numb right now. This is why I love Shaq. This is the part of the Mickey Mantle gene. This is the same thing I have that Shaq has. A belief in yourself above and beyond what anyone's expectations for what you can do or even the expectations you hold for yourself are. This is incredible. Not, don't ever do this at home. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't ever do this, Chip. At Ooh. least at least all you got was some of the powder because Ooh. we were taping the Facebook uh, outside the NBA. <laughs> As we were taping the outside hey, the NBA. I'm drinking water. Water activates it. This, this, is, this guy. This is, watch, watch. Let's see it. Whoa. Okay. Are you ready? All right. You ready? I, I, we're going to see it now. We're going to see it later. Chuck, I bet you $20 I'll buy the chip. Won't even make a face. Without making a face. No water yet, brother. Y'all must not know what fraternity I'm in. Tell them, Matt. Cute dog. Fraternity. Omega Sci-Fi. Till we die. It's nothing to me. I'm not making a face. I'm just coughing. I'm not making a face. I'm just coughing. Ernie, I'm coughing. Ernie, I'm coughing. You should be making a face. I'm not making a play. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> Somebody got some milk? <laughs> I love Shaq. I love Shaq. Oh, I love Shaq. I have to wash my hands because I'm scared. Oh, I love Shaq. I love Shaq. He just makes me giggle so fucking hard. Oh, he is so fucking funny. By the way, I apologize if that is not the laugh you expected. Uh, find the Shack Chip Challenge online. It is phenomenal. It it is just the look on his face makes me die laughing. Oh, 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 it's hot. Oh, it's hot. Um, that's to this week's episode. I will be in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. 
I feel like Charles Barkley. Lexington, Kentucky, uh, this weekend. I've done a full Tito's and soda, one cocktail for tonight. The name of the show, open tabs. We go through the tabs I've 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 Googled throughout the weekend. If you've got cool shit, hit it up to me. Oh, you know what I wanted to do? Fuck. Oh, there's a fucking trailer a guy sent me. <laughs> I'll write it down. We'll do it in the next. There's one. a guy, a trailer a guy sent me that's pretty badass. It's about a, a guy who gets whoever sent me trailers sends me trailers. Send it to me again. It's about the guy that uh, gets the mechanical upgrade throughout his body, and it's like his body's uh, Alexa. Sh stop, Alexa. Alexa, stop. It's like his body is Alexa, and. Uh, and she goes, would you like to override system? What is that fucking... I want to show it to you real quick. How much time are we at? Uh, hour four. Hang on. Let's see if I can see it. Trailer. I mean, I had to have seen it recently. I wish... I, there. I'll, I'll play it for you next. It's a pretty cool trailer. Um, so keep sending me stuff. I like to be interested in stuff. Um, I'm not looking for like viral videos. I'm looking for cool shit that can make me think. Okay. I don't like, I'm not trying to do what Tom and push do where they find stuff, you know, that, that is like viral and then talk about that. Like the, and then that's what's brilliant about Tom and push is whatever his fucking brain is, is like, cause I think he finds all the videos and they're fucking deep. I just want to find interesting stuff, like stuff that's nuanced, like the or stuff that I just Google. Don't send me shit. I'll Google. Do you know what? Don't send me shit. I'll Google what I Google. Except send me that fucking trailer hmm. for the fucking guy that's the machine. It, it's so good. I wish I knew what guy that was. Let's see if I can Google it real quick. Guy dies body is a machine movie. I can't believe that this will work. No. All right. <clears throat> that is this week's episode. I hope I'll be in uh, Salt Lake City next weekend. I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, shout out to Halston, who was sick when he came back from Portland or Oregon where he was and then got hit by a car because the woman was texting and he still recorded five podcasts this week yep in within two days. within two days recorded five podcasts great podcast coming up next week is super troopers their movie uh super troopers 2 is coming out on 420 make sure to see it they are great guys I want to support them I want you to support them I, I'm gonna, we'll talk about it again at the beginning of next week's solo podcast but I would love for this movie to perform well because if it does, I then have a shot at being in Super Troopers 3, okay? Or their next project. I just got a shot at helping out my career. So that's all I'm really looking to do. Uh, the Burt Coins, I just stopped recording. Perfect. The Burt Coins, uh, it's up here. Okay. Burt Coins are coming. Leanna's approving them. We are on a final edit of my, of my, uh, of a, my Netflix special, uh, meeting at Netflix at the end of the month. I should let you know an air date soon on the road sitcom <coughs> as of now uh, pre-production starting soon. We should have it. We're hoping we start shooting within four to six weeks. We don't really know, but I want you to know that hopefully if this works out the way we plan, 
And the way we're planning is we need other people's approval on this. It'll incorporate all of you guys. I know how funny you guys are and how your insights in this world that I live in are sometimes more insightful than mine. So, or as insightful, I'm pretty fucking insightful. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that should be happening. Anything else? How about you play us off with a good mashup? A good mashup? Mm-hmm. Triple double. It's got to be a girl talk. Um, I don't, you don't need the video, right? Let's just do, let's do this. Oh, you know what would be cool? Let's see if we can find this. Let's see if we can find a mashup of what, uh, Tribe Called Quest. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's see if Girl Talk ever did a Girl Talk Tribe Called Quest song. No, he never did. That's odd. Let's do, let's see if we can find a Tribe Called Quest mashup. Oh, how's that? Okay, let's try this. Okay, let's let's real quick before it starts. Let's see. No, that's not going to work. All right, let's see if we can play with us off of the song. Let's just go to our old friendly. Girl, talk, triple double is a good one. By the way, did anyone see my video I posted on Instagram today? What did you think? I loved it. Okay. No one fucking liked it. Have we played triple double? I don't think so. This is a good song. This is great on a treadmill. In a lifetime. I like this part. Love that, I, dude. This is great on a treadmill. Right here on a treadmill. What a great rhyme. New, New Orleans. Orleans. 
girl talks the shit. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Oh shit, this is where the jog gets really great on the treadmill. Shout out to Ice Cube. I live in LA, I listen to this shit all the time. I love this. This is what I do on the treadmill. Today was a good day. Uh, ghetto. Uh, ghetto. Uh, ghetto. Uh, ghetto. Uh, here's where. This is where he brings it full circle. Rolling Stones? To Willow? Oh shit. How badass. Wiz Khalifa, Rolling Stones. everybody i love you with all my heart my name is burt kreischer this is open tabs
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.